0: Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're taking a look at our early running back rankings for the 2023 NFL Draft. We're going back to our thoughts that we had for summer scouting before the season and comparing that to what we think now. The regular season's in the books of college football, which means we got a lot of new tape to get to. And that also means that there's a shakeup in where we are ranking these running backs. So we give you our top fives. And a handful of others. You know how we do it on this podcast. It's basically a top 10, our top 10 running backs. We'd love to hear what you guys think about our takes. I'm Trevor Sycoma. With me as always is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sycoma. That is Connor Rogers. Joining you guys on a early rankings thursday episode of the show if you tuned in last week you know that we're devoting a lot of time here on the thursday episodes to um revisiting our rankings and it's the first time since we've revisited them since summer scouting we've got full regular season tape in the books for college football so we're going through position by position and reordering rewatching, and uh giving our new takes really for these positions today it is the running back position. That's right, baby. The war for running back value begins right here. Eight first-round running backs this class. No, okay, maybe that's a little too far, Connor. But uh, this is a fun class. I'm excited uh, to talk about this with you, buddy, because it seems like it's another really good running back class.
1: Me too, man. We obviously carry the flag for all of running back value uh, under this umbrella at Pro Football Focus. We proudly do. So this is an important show to us, and all jokes aside, this is a great group. It's it's a great group in terms of top-end talent. It's a great group in terms of debate um, in the middle to the end. It is a first responder salute right there. First one of the night, folks. Buckle up. We're here. We're ready to go. Man, it's 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 pretty awesome. And you know what? It's I have to admit, it's one of those shows that, and I think you feel a little bit of the same, I, I still almost wish we had more time. Because there's a lot of guys that I didn't get to watch that, forget. I mean, there's always going to be guys on our December, January shows that we haven't watched that are going to get drafted. And we're mm. going to get there. We're going to update these after the combine. We'll probably update all the top fives. But, man, there there's just so many names to get through. There's so many different names that are going to go in the first three to four rounds in this draft. And um, it's a really, really varied you know, varied skill kind of group that it's going to be awesome to see where our differences lie.
0: Yeah, running back is always really interesting to see which skill sets each evaluator really puts a premium on because there's so many different kinds of running backs. And look, obviously, we make the jokes that we're kind of taping for the running back value. We also admit that there are different shapes and sizes of running backs. And honestly, whether you're a first rounder, whether you're an undrafted free agent, we see it all the time. These guys can really break out, but it's because of those skill sets, because of that mentality. It's because of the the vision, the athleticism, all these kinds of things that you can get drafted wherever in the NFL draft and be a good running back. So uh, even though, we're not going to necessarily say that there should be eight running backs to go in the first round. There's a lot of really good ones to like, and I think that that means that your team has a chance to get a good ball carrier, whether it's a feature back, whether it's a change of pace back, a speed guy, a power guy, a two-back system kind of a guy, a third down specialist, whatever it is. We've got a lot of these guys that we're going to be talking about uh, here today. The structure of this show, it's the same as summer scouting. So Connor and I are going to go from five to one. We're going to give you our top five as we've seen them. Like you said, we haven't seen everybody in this class. It's early running back ranking. So we want to see a lot of the, as Connor put it, blue chip players, right? These guys that their names are pretty high on the list already we want to give you our thoughts on those players and then kind of when we get closer to the shrine bowl the senior bowl the combine you know hopefully we have anywhere from 15 to 20 of these guys ranked and 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 the scouting reports up for these players so definitely an early ranking but we wanted to get you guys something here in the month of december as we really got into draft season just to reevaluate what our thoughts were from summer scouting so connor i will i will give you the floor my friend you can kick us off here with your number five running back in the early running back rankings for the 2023 NFL draft. Thank you, Trevor. I appreciate that. And I I
1: have a funny feeling that five is where we'll have some disagreement. And then I have a funny feeling that while one through four might not be the same order for us, it'll be the same players. So Mm. when we get, so stick around for the end of the show outside the top five, because there's a lot of just missed the cut names that we'll get through. Don't worry. Number five for me is Zach Charbonnet. And I mean it's just it makes me laugh. I remember one of the notes I wrote down over the summer and I don't think he was a top 5 back for me over the summer. I can't truly remember. Um he was not for me. I think he was I don't think he was for me, but I remember I had some really very uh you know nice things to say about him is that the first thing was he looks like a Michigan transfer playing in the Pac12. He just doesn't look like he belongs on the pack field. It, is, it that? is funny. Yeah, It's very funny. There's just not a lot of running backs, I think, like him that we see um, in this conference. 6'1", 220. He, he looks like he can carry 230 overnight. I mean, he really does. He's just huge. He's huge. He's built like that Matt Forte, Arian Foster. He has that kind of build. He yeah. runs like an absolute horse. I, I mean, he's out there to kill you. He really is. And I loved that. <laughs> I just, I loved watching it. I love the violence that he established from the very first handoff. Uh, PFF graded, gave him a run grade of Mm 93.8. That's a pretty serious metric. He he was graded as one of the best runners in the country. Workhorse runner finished 2022 with 195 carries for 1,359 rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns, 52 missed tackles, forced 4.2 yards after contact per attempt, 44 explosive runs. He also caught 37 passes for over 300 yards. Uh, for 17 first downs. He only had two drops on 44 targets. You can live with that. This is coming off a year where he had 23 receptions for 181 yards. So he got better as a receiver. He became more impactful as a receiver while maintaining that workhorse running back style. I mean, he's got a great body type for the position. I think he's very, very smart. You watch him in pass pro, and he's not one of those guys that's just diving at feet all the time. Do I think the awareness can improve a little bit in pass pro and and he can be coached up in that area. I do, but with his body type and physicality, uh, I think it's all going to come together in that area where he's a three down back. And to me, is he this guy that's going to run a four, four and, you know, be this breakaway game changing threat. He's not, but can he be somebody that wears you out, sets a different tone, runs in between the tackles, runs off tackle, can catch the ball, can pass protect, do everything the right way you ask of him uh, while being highly efficient that, that's really what I saw. I just saw tacklers bounce off of him. I saw tacklers start to become worried about his play strength and overthink how they were going to come to balance and break down, and then he'd make them miss. So that, Trevor, full transparency, I struggled so much picking a fifth guy. I, I really did. There was 10 guys I thought that might have that could have been in this fifth spot, but I kept coming back to Charbonnet, what I thought of him over summer, what I watched of the 2022 film, and I just said, this guy's too good. He has to be mentioned in the top five for the show for me.
0: Well, do you want the good news or the bad news? I'm usually a bad news first kind of guy. Okay. The bad news is that we might have the same running backs. (laughs) No way.
1: (laughs) I really, I really didn't expect this. Because the good news.
0: Is that you and I are good friends and we see prospects similarly. uh, It means we have a good eye for scouting, if I do say so myself. I I also have Zach Charbonnet as my fifth running back in this class. Uh, A four-star running back coming out of high school from um, Lake Village, California. So he's a California kid. Ended up going to Michigan. You mentioned it. It, it, His playing style does look kind of funny in the Pac-12. Look, he started as a true freshman in Michigan uh, on opening day, I will note. Rushed for over 700 yards in his freshman season, but then the following season he just didn't get the ball. He just never really got the yep. ball in Michigan. Uh, after being recruited pretty heavily by UCLA during the high school process, he decided to transfer over to UCLA once they realized or once he realized that he just was not going to get the ball as much as he wanted to. And um, it's been a great fit for uh, for him at UCLA. I, I do think that it's sometimes a little. It's a little misfit sometimes when guys who are who play for more of a power conference try to transfer over to such a spread out conference like the Pac-12 is. It's just uh, the Pac-12 is just a brand of football that's very much built around spacing and athleticism and really just going to the sideline using every single inch of the field. Whereas I think the Big Twelve a lot of times outside of those really athletic Michigan teams and then I would just say Ohio State as well is. A lot of those Big 12 teams, they're between the tackles, you know, they're between the hash marks. They're just ground and pound physical football. And that felt like what Zach Charbonnet's brand was. But you plop them down into the Pac 12 and you go, okay, hold on a second. This six foot one, 220 pound running back can hang with these guys athletically. And look, there are some deficiencies. Like when you watch, Zach Charbonnet, uh, if you watch him right behind, you're watching a guy like a Tank Bigsby or a Jameer Gibbs or something, you'll go like, oh, okay, like he doesn't change direction as well. Well, you got to think of the physical profile of him. Of course not. He's got more muscle, more mass to move. So he's just not going to cut on a dime as fast as some of those other guys do but he's got good relative athleticism. The weight adjusted athleticism for Zach Charbonnet, I think is really good. No, he's not going to threaten flat four, four in the 40 yard dash, but the speed is plenty adequate for him to really get good momentum going. He takes contact super well. There are a handful of, I watched four games of him and there are a handful of rushes where he is pinballing off of tacklers just trying to put everything that they can into the tackle he's staying on his feet the legs keep churning boom boom he takes a couple of tackles and all of a sudden he's off to the races and that's how he gets his big breakaway runs is because the balance is so fantastic with him um you know you mentioned him being a three down back i'd be curious to hear what you thought about me kind of countering that a little bit i think he has all three down ability but I wouldn't call him a three down back. Like for as much as I think the weight adjusted athleticism is good enough for him to be a pro. I still see him as just a bigger back in a two back system, which is not an insult at all whatsoever, but I was curious. Do you see him as more? Do you think this guy is a player who you can give 20, 25 carries to in a game that he could be your RB one that you can lean on him a ton? Or did you see him as more of like a two back kind of a player?
1: I saw him as a two-back kind of player. What I thought right away with him was A.J. Dillon on Green Bay. That's really okay, sure, yes. Like, that was what came to mind right away. I said, would I – look at some of the backfields in the NFL, right? And and you really have to think of almost windows because these feature backs get hurt all the time. It's just not a really great way to live and die. Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry on the Titans. um, The Jets were doing it with Brees Hall. The Broncos wanted to do it with Javante, but Melvin Gordon was hanging around and we know what happened to Javante. But when you think of Charbonnet and just that mold, like just the guy, you're limiting your offense, right? Because you are taking away the home run threat. And I, I totally agree with you, Trevor. When you think of Charbonnet in that Green Bay backfield mold of the A.J. Dillon role and you find an Aaron Jones to pair with him, I think it's perfect yeah. because I really I think Charbonnet is honestly going to go in the third round. I-, I don't think he's going in the yeah. top sixty picks. Um, so I- I'm totally with you. I think three down ability is the perfect way to put it. He will be the ideal one two punch for somebody.
0: I've got a I've got a late day two target for him. So yeah, somewhere in the third round is also where I I, I kind of pegged him there. Um, I agree with you. I think that that's a really good way to look at him. And kind of the reason why I brought that up, you know, you brought up Javante Williams. Uh, I think the way that we're describing Charbonnet and the things that we like sort of sound like the strengths that Javante Williams had. But I'm not. I wouldn't put him on Javante Williams level. Like he's not that kind of an athlete. I don't think he's a power guy. But he's not that kind of a total package like Javante Williams was. I'll say I I like the hands in the receiving game. Um, I think that that's improved actually over the last couple of years from what I watched. So I really like the hands. I was disappointed in pass protection. Maybe I just watched the wrong. It's awareness. Watched the wrong games. But I'm like, man, you're. And it's funny because I think. Charbonnet has such great attention to detail in so many other parts of his game. Like I think the catching, I think that his hands have been more reliable. I think he's been more crisp with routes. I think he's been more confident with routes out of the backfield. Um, certainly when he is running with zone blocking schemes, he's very confident. He understands his aiming points. He knows when he needs to put his foot in the ground to make a decision. There's so many other parts of his games that are very disciplined. And I felt like that just did not exist with pass protection. I'm like, man, this is, this is like a moneymaker for you. Like this is an area where you could really stand out. You're six foot one, 220 pounds. So that is definitely something that I would like to see him get better at in the NFL, because then I think that really unlocks that third down role for him where you can have him in the backfield and whether he's going out to catch a swing pass, getting some short yardage for you um, or being in pass protection. Like those are the three things that I think make you a really solid third down back. And He's still I mean he's missing that pass protection one. And you know how NFL coaches are. If you're about to get your quarterback killed, you ain't gonna get on the field. Like it doesn't matter how big of a power back you are, unless it's an obvious running situation, there's no deception there. They're not gonna have you sit in there and protect the quarterback if you can't do it. So that's an area of his game that I definitely want to see him get better at. But I, I was just very impressed by his vision. Um, very impressed by his overall skill set and Not a ton of, I mean, like not a ton of things that I really watched his game and was like, yeah, this dude needs to get better at that. It really just kind of is the relative athletic ceiling that he has, and we're kind of seeing that a little bit, but that's okay, man. I think that it's still all very pro level right now for him. So increasing his third down ability is, I think, the big area of the takeaway that I would say that he could get better at. But other than that, man, this is a really good prospect and a guy who I think can contribute pretty early on in a rookie contract for you. I think so, too. Um, Senior
1: at UCLA. I know he's not on the senior bowl accepted invites roster yet. If I'm assuming he's very worthy, I think he'd be the best back on that roster immediately. If he opts to go, um, that's somebody that those one on one drills can make him a lot of money because it was really the one thing I wanted to see more of. And I'm just assuming a coaching staff will get the most out of him in pass pro i think it's adequate i don't think i think the awareness is lacking and i i think it'll all come together under a coaching staff
0: you talked about how you had a handful of names that you could have went with at number five like we did for edge rusher i'm gonna ask you who ended up being closest to charbonnet was there was there a player that really kind of was like sitting there at number six for you well actually three okay um you could even say four
1: it was close I I looked at Zach Evans as potentially okay. not once again these guys, Charbonnet fairly one out. It wasn't like pick somebody, Evans Tank Bigsby, Ty J Spears. I didn't watch him yet. Two lane back. He's he's fun. He I couldn't put him in the top five, but he's an interesting player. Okay. Dwayne McBride at UAB uh Kendra Miller from TCU those guys were all in there okay I know there's going to be a lot of people that are just screaming at me right now say Sean Tucker I mean it was probably a conversation for later in the show I was a little disappointed this year with Sean Tucker when I went back and watched some film uh so yeah I'm trying to make sure I didn't miss anybody that was I mean it was tough Trevor it really was it's you know and then there's he wasn't in consideration for five, but I'm wondering, is Deuce Vaughn going to declare? Um, oh, I,
0: I love Deuce Vaughn. I love Deuce Vaughn, too. I, right? I, watched his, I watched his tape this morning, and I'm like, Deuce, man. Yeah. I wish. The very first play that I watched of him this morning was, uh, I wish I could tweet this out, but we can't tweet out uh, College All-22. Yes. Reminder to everybody. Yeah. Um, there, the very first key play that he has in PFS database from the big 12 championship game, the game against TCU. It's, I can't remember if it was his own run, but it was, it was an off tackle thing where he is coming around, around the outside tackle and the, the, the offensive lineman is, is engaged with a defender and the offensive lineman pushes the defender a little bit, just to gain, like almost like just an arm's length of space between him and the defender And Deuce Vaughn literally ducks under their arms and runs in between them like no running back has ever had the ability to do before. That's unbelievable. He is that compact. He is that small. And I just started laughing watching it because I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Never seen it. Hell yeah, baby. I just, I. I love Deuce Vaughn. I wish so bad I could put him in my top five, but unfortunately just the the size limitations don't allow it. But I knew we were going to get to him at some point in the podcast. I will say off the names that you rattle off there, we will not have the same top four. Good. I gave one away. Uh, one right, funny who-
1: one to me was Dwayne McBride on UAB. I'm watching him and Charbonnet very, very closely um, together. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Charbonnet's just kind of a little bit of a better version. Like McBride. It's a little upgrade. McBride breaks tackles. He's a bigger back. He runs the hell out of the football. But he caught two passes this year, and he's fumbled nine times in the last two seasons. And to be fair, he he gets an insane amount of carries. But I remember I wrote down in my summer notes, fumbled four times in 2021, has to clean this up. Then I go do my notes for December, and I'm like, he fumbled five times this year. No, like, no. It, got, it got worse. So he's a good player still, Anything. despite that. He's a, he's a very talented runner, but Charbonnet was just a better player, uh, more complete player. So number four for me, and I think this is where our rankings will start to be a little different. Uh, number four for me is somebody we are waiting on to know if he's going to declare to the point where Adam Schefter was tweeting about it this week. Blake Corum. Blake Corum, a summer favorite of yours. Um, somebody I did not watch before that show. Right, which I regret. And unfortunately, Quorum had knee surgery basically to end his two thousand twenty-two season. Once again, we don't know if he's going to declare, which is a, a massive question in this group because if he stays, things get a lot interesting in this top five because he's that kind of talent. The the top four running backs that I, I ranked here, I was I was really blown away with, and starts with Quorum. Five, eight, two, 10, 95.3 rush grade. Which is just, I mean, to put that in perspective, he's right there with B. John Robinson.
0: Yeah, that's, in, a,
1: that's an insanely high grade, man. Insanely high grade. Um, Right into the notes, he finished 2022 with 247 carries, which is insane. Over uh, almost 1,500 rushing yards. He finished with 1,463, 18 rushing touchdowns, 73 missed tackles. Forrest is out of this world. Three point four yards after contact per attempt. That's not as high of a metric as you'll hear from some other guys today, but thirty six explosive runs. He added eleven catches for eighty yards. I just think he's got incredibly impressive sweet feet. The feet are just—I mean—he's a tap dancer out there. He sweet this dude. Great. This dude could probably ace, uh, you know, whatever ballerina school is sure. called. Right. <laughs> it's it's really—it's remarkable to watch this man
0: move. Is it not ballerina um, school? Is there like a special word for? ballerina school what
1: is ballerina school called and how do we get blake Horum there i think oh ballet school <laughs> good job morons oh my god sometimes we are especially me it's are really, really that was a tough idiots. scene that was, that was a, tough a scene. Uh, uh, man you know what i'm so proud that i don't even want to. don't edit it out of the show Just <laughs> i let it no let it i won't lord knows i won't <laughs> So what is ballerina school called? Uh, Ballet school for 400 idiot. So (laughs) sweet feet, lethal, lethal with his balance. I mean, there was times where he gets not he gets he could either reset. I took a screenshot of him that it'll hit the Internet at some point. It's against Indiana. It's an outside run. And he starts to kind of plant. And his whole body starts to go full, like Leaning Tower of Pisa, in mm-hmm. the middle of four defenders. There's just four defenders around him, and this is at about the 45, their own 45. He got tackled at the one yard line on the play. I just don't know the way he can contort his body and really stop and start. Uh, I I wrote down he's a dream inside zone runner. Like if you if you want if you want to run a lot of inside zone, his ability to bounce around. And get through lanes, get skinny, no end to hit it, no end to slow down. It can stay. Uh, he's just he's just such a talented runner, so talented. Um, yeah. This is a guy that is already very well coached in pass pro. I, I saw him stay square. Yes. I saw him understand how to use his leverage.
0: Yes. He's
1: now keep in mind he's five eight two ten, so leverage is key. He knows how to get inside your pads. Mm-hmm. I, I this this is the difference of, and I know UCLA had a good year. No disrespect, getting coached at Michigan versus getting coached at UCLA and pass pro. I saw coaching. I saw coaching take place here for Blake Coram. It's ironic because obviously Charbonnet transferred from Michigan to UCLA, but still. I know. Yeah. Now let's be honest here. The season-ending knee surger- surgery is concerning. It really is. I mean, I I, w- I don't know what the injury is, and it's not moving him off these rankings. But if it's something that he thinks is going to hurt his draft stock, where he goes back to school, we're talking about totally different expectations because. Quite frankly, Trevor is a prospect. I don't know if I want another 250 college carries out of Blake Corham. Full answer, I don't. I I don't. They'll run this guy into the ground. And I think he's a really talented prospect that can really do whatever you ask of him. But most importantly, he's not going to be this constant breakaway run threat. But in terms of getting 8 to 15 yards, uh, he's as good as it gets. It's yep. class he really is he's eight to 15 yards which is what wins you football games and establishes the run yep this guy's as good as it gets man i love him, and i know i know you've been earlier on him than anybody i know in the track yep.
0: community i uh i had him as i think rb3 maybe rb2 going into the season i can't remember i i also have him at rb4 and but wow, i do I'm think a little that,
1: surprised by that
0: so i think that we see him very similarly though this this is and and Maybe when it's all said and done, I won't end up having him at RB four because there's so much to love about his game. I just kind of gushed over what I love about Deuce Vaughn. Blake Quorum is Deuce Vaughn, but has a little bit more size to him where you the can justify version. where you can like trust it. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to say that because Deuce Vaughn's awesome and he's gonna he's gonna be a pro. But like, sure, Deuce Vaughn is five foot six, 180 pounds. Blake Quorum is five foot eight. Okay, still not big. 200 pounds. So he's two inches taller, 20 pounds heavier. Like that is a significant difference when you're talking about playing the running back position, going from college to the pros. There's just so much to love about Blake Quorum's game. He's such a great receiver. He's a crisp route runner. He's so willing in pass protection. His, his contact balance is awesome. The footwork Incredible. is phenomenal. Like all that stuff is there. The reason why I've got him at four is simply because I he's got athletic limitations. I do. He's just the overall size and really what it comes down to is the stride length. He's just not big enough of a dude to cover a ton of ground. You get some of these other running backs, they're 5'11", 6 feet tall, whatever it is. And they just, they have longer legs. They are explosive and they have longer legs. They cover more ground than Blake, Blake Corum does. Corum has some breakaway moments at Michigan. But I I, I watched. I watched those breakaway moments, and I go, "You're getting caught in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You're not hitting this angle in the NFL. Like it's just it, 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 those things aren't going to happen." But I'm glad that you ended your 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 topic on quorum the way you did. Home run speed is overrated for running backs. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is. I was telling you guys. I think yesterday. Um, how I kind of have, like have things divided. I have I have it like a, an overall film score of a hundred, but I have you know seven categories that are divided there. So I have them weighted differently. Those categories carry more weight to them. You can score more points in certain areas than others. And breakaway speed is not the number one thing for me. It's just not because the be. the instances in which you even can rush for a 60 yard touchdown are so few and far between compared to the times that it would be advantageous for your team to just always be the guy that picks up five. Like if you're always the guy who's picking up anywhere, really it's anywhere above four and a half yards, four and a half yards is a fantastic health and healthy yards per carry average. If you can get over four and a half yards per carry in the NFL, like you are, you are somebody who is worth giving the ball to on the ground. You are consistently getting things moving. You're consistently putting yourself, you're in your team, in really good down and distance situations, whether it's second down, third down, converting on fourth down, whatever it is, Blake Corum will be that for you. Blake Corum will be a player who averages a very healthy yards per carry average. And I'm saying this out loud. And again, like maybe it is something where I look at these other guys and, you know, I get some final, honestly, that for a couple of people that are a little bit higher on this list, I'm waiting to get some final measurables as much as I am athletic scores when it comes to the combine. So, Quorum still could be higher than this. He could still end up as uh, one of my top three backs in this class because of everything that he just does so well. I just think that there are still overall top-end athletic limitations with him simply because of his size. But ever uh, so much of what he does in the game outside of that is exactly what you would want out of a back. This is a this is a pro guy, and and I think that he is going to be a fan favorite for sure, no matter what team he goes to.
1: Yeah, it was funny. Out of the top, um, let's say, top four, he was a guy I still didn't have a comp for. I feel like the, the overall, like you said, measurables and testing will play such a part in that. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm really with you. Really, really good player that has limitations in a sense of, can he be that superstar? I mean, he's not going to be a first-round kind of guy, but he just feels like he'll be a rock-solid back for you for a really, really long time if he's healthy. Do you, you want to start with number three in case we are running, uh you know,
0: completely the same? And I'm just sure we um we have. There's one player that you have in your top three that I don't have in my top five. Oh, and, that's right. Good and, good. and vice versa. Three for me is Jameer Gibbs. Wow. OK, so I have Jameer Gibbs at number three. Tailback for Alabama. He's had a fantastic year for the Tide. Mm-hmm. I got some of his PFF stats here. I'm just big summer on. guy for us. Talked he was about a summer lot. guy that we were very excited about seeing, to getting to see him in Alabama's offense. So, um, 81.4 overall PFF grade, 83.1 rushing grade for Jameer Gibbs, and then a 78.3 receiving grade, which is a pretty good mark. Yeah. Had 850 yards on the season, 451 after contact, seven touchdowns, 35 missed tackles, but a 0. .26. Um forced missed tackles forced average, which is decently high. You want to be somewhere around three, and and he almost got to that mark. Twenty three explosive plays, 42 receptions, 378 receiving yards, and just one drop. He's an extremely talented player who transferred over from Georgia Tech. Um it always felt like he I mean all all due respect to, to Georgia Tech. It always felt like his game was bigger than Georgia Tech, especially where Georgia Tech is right now as a football program. And you uh you put him in an Alabama uniform Uh, Not only was he not overwhelmed, but he stood out. And what stands out a ton is the twitch, the long speed, the overall athleticism. This is where we get into the realm of you got really good athletes, right? I think a couple of the other guys that we talked about, just really good backs, good vision, good strength, good balance, those things where you're handling the little parts well, playing the running back position. Jameer Gibbs does do a decent amount of those things, but he also brings that, that top tier gear, that top tier athleticism. Uh, to him so I think the breakaway speed we saw that so many times this season um, you know this is one of the guys that I was referencing when I was talking about I'm waiting to see measurements he's listed at 5 11 200 I don't, I don't know if he's 200 pounds he don't he don't play like he's 200 pounds
1: well, he's got time to get ready to lie at the Combine, so...
0: Right, right, but, like, I just... When I when I watch Gibbs, I think he's got good balance, but he still gets, like, overpowered on tackles. And, like, understandably, his... his brand of running back, and he's a speed back. Like, I have him categorized as a speed back. Strength is often an area where it's a give and take. You have more speed, you have less strength. That's typically what it goes... Um, when you're kind of like building these prospects and evaluating these prospects, but if you're like 200, you know, like if you're five eleven, 200, then I probably think that you should be handling strength a little bit better than that. You know, like he he runs like somebody who I feel like is like 195, like sub 200, and I do I do think that that makes a difference. So I'm very curious to see what Jameer Gibbs ends up measuring in at because I feel like his measurements that we see there are going to tell the tale of the tape more than what he is listed at on a bio, but. He 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 checks the athleticism box, and that's a big reason why I like Jameer Gibbs is because he takes very small rushing windows and can turn it into who you're supposed explosive play, ten yards, fifteen yards, twenty yards down the field, and he was doing that in the SEC, and the SEC is a very athletic conference overall, and he was still able to stand out. So this is where we start to get into the better athletes in the class. Yeah, and uh, I've got Jameer Gibbs at three because of it. So, full,
1: yeah, full disclosure. He was number two for me. Um, I figured he was going to be two for you. Yeah, number two for me. I'll go. I'll go through him quickly now, and then I'll go back to number three because I think it's easier, probably better listening experience when you hear us go back to back on a running back, especially when they're this close. Two and three for me, man. It, you could have flipped a coin to be honest with you. Man, so I, 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 I know. I know who you have it
0: to, and I. I three. I.
1: I, oh, I have a three.
0: Right, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I know who I know who you have at three, and uh, this is going to be a discussion between us. This was a summer scouting discussion, and when we're doing yeah, round I lo- two, I loved we're, him
1: over the summer.
0: We're gonna actually be doing, we're doing round two again. We're doing I actually, round two again.
1: I wouldn't say cooled. I just ended up higher on Gibbs. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's number two. Phenomenal year. Gibbs is just. I mean, he really is Dalvin Cook to me. He really Ooh.
0: is. You see, watch I, him. See, I thought Dal- Dalvin plays with more strength. Well, Gibbs will
1: get there, man. I mean, he's a youngster. He'll get, I think he'll get bigger and stronger. I think he already did. I saw it start to really take place from Georgia Tech to Alabama. Mm. Uh, and it's funny because you could just say, well, then he's James. James Cook is 10 pounds lighter than Dalvin. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. Because <laughs> so, no,
0: Dalvin, Dalvin was 5'10, 210. So, yeah. yeah he's, I think James
1: is like a hair under 5'11, and he's he's 195 or 199.
0: Eight, yeah, something like that. So let me look. Let me see what he he measured in at. That's funny.
1: It, it, so which cook which Cook brother is he? He uh, was somewhere in between them.
0: At the combine, James Cook was 5'11", 199. There you go. Just lighter he, version. And and I think as a runner, I think he's closer to James Cook. But anyways, um you go on. Tell you tell me about Jameer Gibbs. Man, he, he's gifted. He he just
1: has the kind of feel that you just, you turn it on and you're like, it's too easy for this dude when it's there. There are some guys that they, you know, they have the rush lanes and they might overthink it sometimes. They might, he's just so comfortable, so comfortable in the rush lanes. He's got that feel. He's got great agility. I like his burst to get to where he needs to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, that, the feet, you know, quorum, it's different because Coram's a little thicker and, and more compact. Gibbs has those lightning feet with a little bit more of an upright, a more uh, like, you know, lanky kind of build, like you highlighted, Trevor. And you brought up, it's like he didn't belong at Georgia Tech. He was their fifth highest ranked recruit of all time in Georgia Tech history. So, you know, at a time where Georgia Tech, sorry, it's, you know, it hasn't. It, this guy was destined for a bigger program, and he took that opportunity and, and ran with it, literally 136 carries, 850 yards. But what he does as a receiver is where what he does as a receiver is why he'll go in the top 40. uh, He's a really good runner, really good runner. Um, But his ability as a pass catcher is he he could they could do more with him. They could do more with him when you get this guy going on wheel routes, when you flex him out to the slot, even if you just want to throw the ball to him in the flats. uh, I mean, he only dropped one pass this year and he was Mm -hmm. used as a receiver a lot. Forty two catches, almost 400 yards. I just, he's a, he's such a good player. He's such a well-rounded player in terms of, you know, the way I was taught to scout running backs was that they have to check the boxes on, on the higher end, two out of three things. And you have to re- be a really good runner, a really good pass catcher and, or a really good pass protector. And that's how you'll get on the field as a rookie. And with him, because of that build, I don't know how much he'll be trusted in pass pro right away. That's a, that's a combo that they'll you know, take into the summer, but I know this dude can run the ball and catch the ball. As good as anyone, pretty much, besides one dude. And we'll get to that dude. So us, for me, if you're one of the many teams in the NFL that's leaning on outside zone, they're gonna love this dude. Mm-hmm. Uh the demand is in his favor. And I, I was I was really impressed. But I do want to get to number three, because we, you know, you well, went pretty what was that? Go
0: ahead. Hold on, hold on. I was just, I was just gonna say, you know, you bring up Dalvin Cook and then you bringing up James Cook. I mean that's not a bad that's not a bad comparison in certain ways. Like I think stylistically, these guys are very similar. Where they are yep. speed backs that bring a ton in the receiving game. Um, Jameer Gibbs just had better production than James Cook did in both situations. He had he had more production as a receiver. He had more production as a back. And I think that Gibbs is more of a running back that gives you receiver ability, whereas James Cook it felt like was used like just as a receiving back at Georgia yeah. because they had like the Kenny other power guys. So. Yeah. Yeah, so Gibbs is more experienced as a rusher than James Cook was, but you look at where James Cook was drafted, 63 overall, second round. So, I mean, like, people forget. You know, I don't don't know if Jameer Gibbs is going to be a first-rounder. Some people talk about him as sneaking into the first round as like a second running back that could go in the first round. I think he's more of a second-rounder anyways, and I think, again. So is Dalvin. A little bit of better production a um, little bit more of a true running back ability to him, and I think he's going to go a little bit higher than James Cook did. But, like, body-wise, athleticism-wise, it seems like it's a pretty decent comp there.
1: Yeah, just style-wise. And it was funny to me. He gets a lot of Alvin Kamara comps, and I'm not really with that one as much.
0: Everyone does. I won't, Everyone does. I won't do it. I, well, my, I, my, I won't do it. My take is it's it's because of his aesthetic. Right, like, number he, one, he dread. Like he's got the tape, the turf tape, the turf. It's tape. a turf tape.
1: He looks no, like we'll do it. If, if you took college Alvin Kamara's literal body and put him in an albanian uniform, but that doesn't mean he's Alvin Kamara. It's just it's different. I I, I came away with more. Somewhere in the middle of the Cook brothers. <laughs> so, oh, yeah.
0: I mean, Alvin but, Kamara yeah. took Alvin Kamara takes contact better than basically like That's a very important back point. in the NFL, right? And Alvin yeah. Kamara is yes. 215. So he takes the contact unbelievably well. So, anyway. number three for me. Yeah. Who you
1: got? I think you know. It's, it's Devon A. Chain.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> 89.3 rush grade. Uh this year he finished with almost 200 carries, 196. It's a lot for a dude that the question with him is going to be size. He's listed 5'9 185. He ran for over 1100 yards, eight rushing touchdowns, 51 missed tackles, forced 3.6 yards after contact per run, mm. 35 explosive runs, 36 catches for almost 200 yards, three receiving touchdowns, did have three drops in 2022. Undraftable. <sighs> Can't have. <it. laughs> I, I mean, here this is an easy one. The dude's hella fast, man. The dude is, he's, he was a track superstar in high school. Mm-hmm. He's been on the A&M indoor and outdoor teams. And the track speed is on the field as a football player. He, if you give him room, he's gone. He's gone. He's, and in today's NFL, this kind of guy, 12 years ago, probably goes in the fourth round. Everybody go. Like, oh, he's fast, but a small breeze will knock him over. He won't stay healthy, or we can't rely on him in the run game. In today's NFL, a little different story. Everybody's looking for a dude that – I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Trevor, do you think he has a shot to run sub-4-3? Sub-4-3
0: is – sub-4-3 is fast, but he did run – Dudes the... did it. Do it now. Like, it, it's not – as. He, a... he, he are... also – he did run the 100-meter dash in 10-1-4. That's what I'm saying. Which this is dude is a rocket. Stupid. And he's also, I think what goes into running a really fast time at the at at the combine is you've got to be comfortable getting into a track stance, and he's yep. clearly going to be comfortable getting into a track stance. So I don't think it's impossible for him to hit sub 4-3.
1: Okay. I just want to know if you thought it was a conversation, and you do. So I, I think it's a conversation. I, I'm kind of bracing everybody. This is my number three running back. I think he has a gigantic spectrum of ceiling and floor. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't feel that way about Corum. I don't feel that way about Charbonnet. I don't feel that way about Gibbs. I don't feel that way about number one. Hell, there's a couple guys from six to 10 that I don't feel that way about. I think there's a giant spectrum from that floor all the way to the ceiling with him. I don't think he's the most natural receiving back, which is going to matter a lot for his success, but he's solid. But and you're not leaving him back there to pass. He he just went to cut people every time and guys kind of catch on yeah, to that and can jump right. out of the way. He He's not going to stand in there and go square with you, mm-hmm. you know, toe to toe. And so he needs what this all leads to is he needs to go to the right place. But if you put him in a system to Miami. Kansas City, oh, Kansas City, too. that would work out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it, he'd be terrifying. He'd be terrifying. Mm-hmm. because you you can't account for somebody with these kind of wheels. So I, I did like him a lot. I love his home run ability. I recognize that he won't be for everybody because you better understand what you're doing with his role. But this guy just has something that not a lot of players that come into the NFL draft have.
0: Yeah, he's got speed. And, you know, when I when I entered into my top three running backs in this class, I said, okay, now we get to the athletes. Uh, Devonta Chain is not one of my top five backs. I, I have him at number seven. Um I actually like him better than I did going into summer scouting. I was pretty low on him in summer scouting. I genuinely thought that he was just speed. And I think I, I thought that he's been better this year. I thought there are instances when um his vision can show a little bit better. He was a little bit more decisive in his cuts and how he was reading, reading the field, reading the offensive line. But I have to say this is a massive disclaimer. Texas A&M might have the worst offensive line in the country. I mean, the games I watched, it was embarrassing watching these O-linemen get ragdolled by these defensive players who just immediately went in the rush lane. And there are so many plays that A-chain just had absolutely no chance to get anything. And I wonder what his tape would have looked like. Now they gave him the ball a lot, right? So he has the raw stats. Like he has a lot of those things, but I wonder what he's like and how much more I like his vision. If he was in a situation where he could actually show it all the time, because I'm not going to lie to you, man. Vision is the heaviest weighted trait that I have for running back. It matters so much. And I don't have the highest grade on a chain. That's not to say there weren't impressive plays of vision that he displayed, but the play to play basis, I just was, it, it, there are times when I watch him and I was like, okay, didn't exactly choose the right thing to do there. You know, put his head down before he needed to there could have stuck his foot in the ground here. Could add a little bit more patience here. But I kept coming back to if he doesn't believe in his offensive line, how does he even trust it to even like make the right call? And and furthermore, how does he trust it enough to get better to improve that? And I actually think that he improved more in that area this year than that what I saw from him during the summer. So I did like him a little bit better, but I'm I'm just worried. Like I'm still worried. That is still an unanswered question. That I don't care how fast you run at the combine. I already know you're fast. You know, like I don't care what the measurables are. I think the measurables are going to be solid for him. I know he's. I, I know he because. He's got soft hands and he could be a good receiver. Like, I know all of those things. The thing that I'm not going to have answered is, at least I believe, I watched four games of him, so there's other games that I can watch, is I don't know how convinced I'm going to be that he's got the vision that I really want to bet on. And that, to me, Connor, is the difference between him being a back end of day two player, like a late day three player to me, Or a beginning of day two player. Because you look at his speed and you go, they can't teach that. We got to draft that, 100%. If you believe in his vision as a player, if you believe that Texas A&M's offensive line absolutely let him down, I could see a team taking him in the top 50. But Mm -hmm. if you've got concerns over his vision, like I kind of do, at least at this point in the process, is the speed enough for me to take him over these other backs? No. I, don't, I, I I just don't think that it is not at this point in time. So I didn't have him in my uh, top five. I had him at number seven, and those are the reasons why.
1: It's totally fair. I mean, it's he's one of those guys that it's just you're going to be praying he goes to the right place. Mm-hmm. You really are because I I agree that early on you're going to have to keep things a little simple for him, where his pathway is decided. Right, a jet sweep. You're going to get the jet sweep, and there's going to be a point outside you know, obviously before the numbers where you got to cut upfield, and that's that you're going to get screens, you're going to get draws, but there's, you know, there's just going to be a play. If you expect to turn around and hand the ball to him the way you would with Coram or Gibbs, and they have to create a little bit on their own. He hasn't consistently, and you're right. The offensive line has been a problem as well, but he hasn't consistently shown that, you know, that's what he is at this moment. So really talented guy and has a has a trade that's
0: just a calling card that will be valued highly in this draft. But Six, there's there's risk. Sixty-four overall in the second round. Devon A. Chain, you are a Philadelphia Eagle. I mean, but good lord. And Miles <laughs> Sanders is a free agent, too, right? It would be fun. Would be uh would be fun. All right. So I guess that brings me to my two number two overall back that I have in this class, a player that Hunter, I didn't like coming out of Summer Scout. Oh, I, I know where you're going. That I had a lot of concerns over that I just was not impressed with, despite some of the stats that he was able to put up. I just didn't love what I saw on film. I really enjoyed what I saw on film from Auburn running back, Tank Bigsby, this year. I've got him as my number two overall running back in the early running back rankings. Six feet, 210 pounds, really good size as a back. Uh, some PFF stats for you. 83.5 overall grade this season, an elite 90.5 rushing grade. Didn't have a very good receiving grade. It was just a 54.9, but I think that his receiving film shows a little bit better than those numbers. 976 yards this season, 740 came after contact. That is a high percentage of yards coming after contact there. 10 touchdowns, 60 missed tackles, force, which remember, I say you're trying to shoot for more than 0.3. That's 0.34 so that's good there. 27 explosive plays he had 30 receptions for just 180 yards and he had three drops on the season as well. Connor, I, f- I feel like first and foremost Tank Bigsby could have transferred from Auburn. I think they think multiple times. Um if he wanted to transfer last off season, I believe he could have um and I guess like he, he wouldn't have transferred after this, but you look at the Brian Harson debacle that was Auburn this season and when Auburn when when Brian Harson got fired. It felt like Tank Bigsby could have been one of those guys who just mailed it in, and he absolutely didn't. I think that he looked at his team and he said, okay, now i got to step up even more and be a leader. seems like the locker room really loves him. The coaching staff really loves him. Cadillac really loves him. The uh, old running back coach who was the interim head coach, of course, Cadillac Williams of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's so much to like about Tank Bigsby's game. He's got the size. And with it, now he's got the balance and he's got the strength. If you remember, Connor, my number one thing that I did not like about Tank Bigsby's tape during the summer is I felt like at times he was a baby deer. Like he just would just get his feet tangled. He just didn't have good balance. I just, I didn't yeah. know why. Sometimes it would be right before the line scrimmage. Sometimes it would be just like him taking a little hit by somebody and it totally knocking him down. I'm like, man, he's six feet tall, 210 pounds. And I can't even count on the strength. I can't count on the balance. This year, it looks totally different. He's much more balanced. He's much more in control. I don't know if it's, if it's, he's a little bit lower of a rusher, if he's not going as upright, if he's just, he's handling things differently. I don't even know if it's something that he worked on, but whatever he's been doing this year, I feel like it's been night and day in the balance of contact aspect from what we saw last season. I think this guy is fantastic as a one cut back, really understands how to see zone blocking schemes really well, whether it's inside zone or outside zone. He understands the aiming points. He understands the feel for cutback lanes. And because of it, he is a yards after contact monster. As those stats alluded to, I think he's got really nice long speed as well, especially for a player who is six foot two ten and has that size to him. I feel like he is such a great all-around back I think the pass blocking is there for him too I think he's a willing pass blocker he get a little bit better in that area of course but I think that that size presents itself as a really good mold for him to be good in that area along with some nice hands that I like from him to be a third down back I just feel like he's such an all-around player is he does he have the elite speed that a Devon chain has no he doesn't but so much of the rest of his game is well-rounded at a high level. I feel like sometimes we use the phrase well-rounded and we mean it as a negative, right? It, it, it's when a guy can't stand out. And I do think that having a trump card going into the NFL is important. Not, I don't think that Tank basically necessarily has a trump card, but that's because I think the floor of his game is so high. But I believe that the ceiling is too. I don't mean it to mean a backhanded compliment. So much of what he was able to do, I enjoyed watching from this past season. Um, got three games on him in the books and really liked what I saw from those three games. Definitely going to continue to watch him because um, right now from what I saw, he was my second favorite black in this class.
1: Man, I'm surprised. Honestly, I really am. I, let me say this. I You were like, you got to watch him. And I, I did. And I saw much improvement because last summer when we talked about him, I was like, man, I'm disappointed. There's no way around it. I yep. was disappointed. I didn't think he was a big creator. He had the four fumbles in 2021. I thought he always plays with a lot of fire and heart. That's what I had written down. And I saw that carryover in 2022. And I love his leg drive. I think that's really very, very consistent in his game. Now... And he, he's got size. I mean, this is a dude that's not a fake six foot two ten or whatever it is. He, he's he's got the size already that you I mean, feel he's, good. He's, at. he's not he's not six five 240 but he's not six five 240. When he leaves the voicemail, he's going to be like, "All right, hey guys, Tank Bigsby, six foot two ten. But listen, he created a ton of missed tackles this year. I saw lighter feet. The contact balance is really really good. I think the ceiling for him, to me, wasn't that high. I think he's not much of a threat as a receiving back. I thought that there's a lot of times where he overthought where to go, whether to hit his foot in the ground inside and he bounced outside. I thought I thought he still got bounced happy this year. Improved from 2021. Mm-hmm. I still saw him getting bounced happy. All right. So, that's fair. I like Tank. Uh, he was in consideration at number five. He's going to be right in that six to seven area. If I was stacking a top 10 today, I think it's really, really important. The drastic improvement I thought he showed from 2021 to 2022. I just personally don't believe he'll ever be a star. And I did come away watching Gibbs and number
0: one and was and that and thought that. Man, I think that. uh, I think I think all three of those guys that I've gotten top three have that star potential. This I like class, t- I like tank a lot. I like tank a lot. This class is good. So <laughs> that leads us to number one. All right, number one, obviously, Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker, <laughs> um, number one of Syracuse. No, it's disrespectful. I love Sean Tucker, but obviously, yeah. he he's not he's not number one here. Number one on both of our lists is uh, it's the one and only. He's he's going to be RB one on literally everyone's running back list pretty close there's, to consensus there's yeah. not
1: i mean there'll be some people out there that just like
0: Bijan is going to be as close to a 100 percenter that you are going to find i think at a skill position is am i right to say that he's he's about he's about yeah for, for a consensus number one at a position ranking Bijan john robinson the running back from texas junior this year I mean, what's just not, what's not to love about him? He brings the size, six feet tall, two hundred twenty pounds. He's just an he's just an absolute monster in that regard. Five star running back from Tucson, Arizona. His his career, at Texas has been phenomenal. And you look at the PFF grades from this past year. Overall grade, elite ninety five point two. Rushing grade, elite 96.0. Receiving grade, seventy three point nine, which is also high. I mean, that's that's, that's Jameer Gibbs level. 1,583 rushing yards, 1,077 yards after contact. Animal. 18 touchdowns, 105 missed tackles forced. I told you that anything around 0.3 was a good average to have. This man's got 0.40. 41 explosive plays, 19 receptions, 314 receiving yards. Zero drops in the receiving game. Connor, I'll let you take the floor. What do you think about Bijan Robinson? He's incredible. He's
1: everything that he does is just number one. This man has a deal with Lamborghini, right? And I think it's just perfect. What? He has an NIL deal with the Lamborghini in Austin, wow. and it's just it's just perfect. Damn. I mean, it yeah. And we've talked about his special background before on the show. I think we did a really big Bijan intro over summer. Mm-hmm. I think you said it, Trevor, 95.9 rush grade is just truly out of this world kind of stuff. But his background, I mean, he was the first player in Arizona high school football history to twice win the Ed Darty Award, which is the state's best player. I mean, he won it twice. He was the first guy to do that.
0: Just There's nothing about his game. Rushed for 2,000 yards in three consecutive seasons in high school. Three consecutive seasons! Like, how many
1: miles has he run on the (laughs) field?
0: wow that's a great question
1: you know what though like besides all the stuff that stands out on the highlight reel the fact that he will make you look foolish i mean truly truly foolish like booby miles at the beginning of of friday night lights yeah. that kind of, that's kind of what lo- it looks like watching B. John yeah. robinson he also does the little things so well I-, I just look at him and go he has tempo in his routes he's a good receiver He can play wide receiver from the slot or wide Mm -hmm. receiver from the backfield. I thought he did a good job picking up blitzers at every gap because he's got such good feed awareness and play strength that he, on top of that, he has the brain to understand where the rush is coming from to help out his quarterback. The thing I wrote down though, that just, it just matters so much. He has special acceleration, special. It's, like some guys, when you watch them get the ball, you just know that they are different in terms of zero to sixty. With Bijan at zero to one twenty, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm not saying Bijan's like a four two four three kind of guy, but football play speed, his ability to get upfield is different. It's very very different. Um, it, you can use this player. The way I constantly think of him is that season that Gurley had. I think it was. Early, early McVay, and I'm looking up pro football reference
0: right now. Yep. Gurley had a mo- – didn't he have, like, 20-something touchdowns when he
1: 2017 year? Gurley. He ran for 13 touchdowns and uh, caught six. Oh, so he had 19. Okay. He had 19, but he ran for over 1,300 yards, and he almost had 800 receiving yards. That season, the way Gurley was used – to me, is B. John Robinson for the Uh, next. Yeah, sure. Like, that's all I could think of when I was watching him. Was that, and that was 23-year-old Gurley. That was him just in a place of, I want to say, McVay had been there for, yeah, a couple years already. McVay had been there. Oh, that was McVay's first year as a head coach. He came in with that plan for Gurley, and Gurley was impossible for anyone to deal with, whether it was in the slot, whether it was out of the backfield. B. John Robinson can do all of those things, and he's healthy. I just and he will be so his birthday is January 30th from 2002. I mean, yeah, from 2002. So this is going to be what? So it will be 21. 21 on draft night. Freshly mm-hmm. 21 from the winter. I, I there's just I mean, we can keep going for days.
0: Scheme scheme proof, scheme proof,
1: I, He could play what? Honestly, he could he could play wide receiver today. Like if he, if you were a team, right? say you were I'm trying to think of one that it kind of makes sense for. We'll say the Packers. Say the Packers all of their wide receivers were hurt one week. And they don't have uh like in they have an AJ one of AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. with With Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson can go play wide receiver for 60% of the snaps.
0: Sure. Easily. I, yeah. Easily. Bijan rare footwork rare um the way that he could you 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 talked about his acceleration the way in which he can truly stop and start is uh that's 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 the rare part you know we go back to blake quorum right blake quorum was number four in this class for both of us and we both love blake quorum's feet he's a guy who will make guys miss consistently he could change direction and he's a player who will turn basically anything into a four or five yard gain for you and you absolutely love that about him Bijan Robinson somehow takes that to a higher level, and when you watch Blake Corum, you you think like, all right, this guy's going to have maybe the best footwork in the class, and then Bijan just very clearly, far and away, you go, holy cow, the missed tackles forced is not it's it's not an error. It's just not an every single time he gets the ball, he is making somebody miss every single time he's making somebody miss, whether it's up the a gap, whether it's, uh, you know, an outside zone play, whether he's bouncing outside, whether it's a guy who's completely in space, whether he's making a guy miss who's in the backfield, who might get one up on the offensive line. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's making people miss no matter what. And that's because of rare footwork processing vision and acceleration. He has a rare combination of all of those things. And that makes an elite backfield player. I mean, you don't want to necessarily say this very often, but we are talking about a multi all pro player. If he stays healthy, man, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. Yep. I, I don't like sitting here. Like I'm one of those people who hates using the word generational. I hate anytime people go like, Oh, you draft this guy and you got him for the next 10 years. It just never happens in the league. Almost just no, go wrong really quick. Like I, I just think that the, it, those 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 long term tags that people try to put on, especially prospects, guys who have never played it down in the NFL before, I think it's silly. But it's it's extremely hard to watch Bisons Robinson and think health is the only thing standing in the way of this guy being one of the best players in the league very very soon, very soon. The girly year is spot on, man. This is a – he is one of those players that can threaten what Christian McCaffrey did in that one year, the 1,000 and the 1,000. 1, yep. Now, I think that the girly ro- role is probably more realistic, right? A 1,200, a 1,300 1, rushing yard year and an 800, you know, receive a eight hundred receiving yard year. But, like, he can absolutely be somebody who you could almost pencil in 15, 18 touchdowns a year. It's crazy, crazy for me to say that i feel like i'm on crazy pills thinking that a guy could be able to step in right away and play that high of a level at the nfl but it's hard to get more of a sure thing than Bijan robinson because of everything he brings to the table so yeah that's that's my thoughts on him as well
1: he will be
0: the way he'll be coveted in dynasty
1: oh, number one overall pick yeah there's
0: there's never been a i mean other than maybe saquon barkley yep I don't know. I don't know how. Yeah, I I, went two. I don't know how many slam dunk one ones there have been that would be better than Bijan Robinson for a dynasty league. Man, it's
1: he's he's pretty pretty special player. Um well, let me let me close out the Bijan combo with this. Mm-hmm. Where would you like to see him go? Oh, and I feel like we almost can't. Oh well, their picks forfeited. The cliche for the longest time was Miami, but Miami doesn't even have a first rounder anymore.
0: Yeah, they all, yeah. Um, Where, and, you,
1: and try to be realistic. Let's say, I mean, I really think he's going in the top 20 in this draft. I really do. Uh, he's going higher than that. I mean,
0: yeah, I was being like, I
1: was giving you a cushion to make this fun.
0: Yeah. Um. Let's see. Where could he go? <laughs> Oh, uh, I think <laughs> yeah. the Eagles at nine would be sick, but the it's Eagles aren't right going to take, they're not going to take a running back. They're not going to take a running back at number nine. That's not how high does things. That's not how I does things. They're going to take a trench plate. They're going to take an offensive you're lineman. Right. Or right. they get, they're going to take a defensive lineman. That's how high Roseman operates. That's, that's what they're going to do. Um, God, man, new England sitting there at 16. He's going to Arizona, isn't he? There's if if Arizona. There's no way Arizona takes him at five, Connor. <laughs> I just come on,
1: entertain me. You,
0: you say no way, like anybody's they've done gonna, such brilliant. If anybody's gonna do it, it, it's Arizona. If anybody's gonna do it, it's Arizona.
1: Entertain this. No, not smart. It fun, but not smart. Atlanta. No, no. <laughs> no. God, we know Arthur Smith collects running backs and uses them. What if Chicago trades back? Say Chicago wins one more game and then trades back. Um, Remember we had a voicemail that said Braxton Jones has been good. No, I know, but you can't. I, don't, I agree. No. I'm just trying to think. Ah, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know. It's pretty difficult. I mean, if Vegas doesn't re-sign Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I thought of that one too. It's kind—it's of, kind of hard to believe that they wouldn't at least franchise tag him. I, look, well, Carolina would love Bijan Robinson, but—but but could you imagine the there, discourse? There has to be a—there has to be a lot of quarterbacks off the board at that point. But like Bijan would, you know, funny—you would trade Christian McCaffrey just to draft Christian McCaffrey.
1: That's what I'm saying. The discourse would be—it's insane.
0: Yeah. I don't think he could do it. I don't know where he's going. You put me I, on the spot. The
1: one that it goes back to our voicemail show, and he won't make it here.
0: I mean, Baltimore, nineteen, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I agree. Hey, if you guys are rebuilding, uh, right? Like it's at that point, just take the best player, nineteen Bijan. They didn't tell. Ta- they didn't take Dalvin Cook when they could have. Taunted them ever since. It's a hard exercise to actually Haunted. find the
1: right pl- like place that you think he'll go. As great as he is, as great as he is, because there's so much running back talent in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, Tampa, we know how this goes. Tampa, they, Tampa, they, they, Tampa's a legitimate target at 19. Tampa, Tampa is. I still think Baltimore
0: is. You know what's going to happen. Mm. What's going to happen? You tell me. You tell me what's going to happen. Let you me check. Fin- you finish check that sentence. Thing. I want to hear it. I, I, think, I think I know 30. it's going to happen.
1: I You nailed the team. All right. So, Jarek McKinnon is a free agent after this year. The Chiefs are moving up and getting B. John Robinson. You heard it here first. And he's going to split time. He's going to play 70% of his snaps at running back and 30% at wide receiver. I just want you all to know this is where you heard it. And when it happens, you can replay this clip until the end of time. You can blame Connor for your team. And you can blame hit. me for you... the Chiefs terrorizing the
0: league. Unbelievable! Unbelievable. Connor, let go. me ask you a question. Before we sure. Get what if you could invest in B. John Robinson stock as a rookie? <laughs> this guy is unreal. Your investment he had me. would <laughs> be worth up curious. to four thousand percent. Now, Connor, it's not just a what if. Now it's a who's next. And B. John Robinson could be one of those guys who is next. Mojo, the all-new sports stock market, lets you invest in your favorite athletes and cash in on your passion. Sign up right now on the Apple Store to get your first stock for free, which could be worth up to tens of thousands of dollars if you hit it big. Over 300 NFL players are listening on Mojo. Not B. John Robinson quite yet, but you can invest in rookies like Kenneth Walker, Like Chris Olave, guys like that come back in and it's like Saquon Barkley, Geno Smith, superstars like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, those guys go long and make your money when an underrated diamond in the rough breaks out or you can even short sell an overrated rival from a rival team if you want to do that as that player flops, if you believe they're going to flop. Prices move with every play, every game, every headline, so you can buy and sell instantly, anytime, anytime all year long so the action never stops mojo is live in new jersey right now so download the mojo app in the apple app store today and start turning your playmakers into money makers must be 21 years or older to use mojo and located in the great state of new jersey to make trades if you have a gambling problem help is available at 1-800-GAMBLER visit mojo.com for more info any other running back that we didn't give a shout out to that you want to give a shout out to before we uh before we move on before we wish (laughs) people happy holidays
1: I think I'll leave with this. There is a lot of time to discuss this group. I know some of the comments are going to be this guy, this guy, this guy. This is the top five. There Mm -hmm. are a lot of good running backs in this class. We're going to get through all of them on this show, whether it is a Sean Tucker, Zach Evans, Ty J Spears, Kendra Miller, Dwayne McBride, uh, Kenny McIntosh, Deuce Vaughn, all the senior bowl running backs, which a friendly reminder, if I could pull that up real quick, the senior bowl running backs are, the one intriguing one that I know you brought up earlier when we were talking off air, Trevor, is Chase
0: Brown at Illinois. I, Chase Brown is six for me. Okay. I've, I've so Chase why, don't, Brown why don't you
1: close out talking a little bit about Chase Brown?
0: Chase Brown, Illinois running back, led the country in rushing yards this year. Um, 80.9 rushing grade, 80.5 overall receiving grade, 1,600 rushing yards, 935 after contact, 10 touchdowns, 77 missed tackles for us. It's a 0. .23 average. 48 explosive plays, 27 receptions for 240 receiving yards, and he had one drop. This dude is a lower the shoulder, and at any point there is contact. He is running through it, baby. He's light on his feet for a guy who plays with a lot of power style, but he just doesn't have, I don't think, that like NFL final gear of juice to really be a big-time athletic threat, but he is somebody who you hand him the rock, he feels not quite Tyler Algier and Damian Pierce-ish. But that mold, you hand this guy, you put the ball in this guy's gut, he's going to fight for everything, man. That's how he got the yardage that he did. His vision was much improved this year, very light on his feet. He was very decisive, and I thought he played very, very well. So I love, I'm a sucker for those guys who give so much mentality and fight. I, think I ended up having Tyler Algier as RB3 in last year's class because I was like, you just can't bring this guy down. Sure, okay, he might not beat you in a full race, but when you catch up to him, what are you going to do? Because then it turns into a street fight, and he ain't going to lose it. Looks so great this weekend. Chase Brown does feel a little bit like that. You're getting in a boxing match with him anytime you're trying to bring him down. So I had him at RB six for that. I, I love that fight and that mentality. That also weighs pretty heavily in my in my grading scale. And Chase Brown is uh, one of the best in the uh, in the country at that. Man, it's good to
1: hear. I'm excited to get a look at him down in Mobile, along with a lot of those guys like Gray, oh,
0: Rodriguez. Go on. I just wanted to talk about Sean Tucker because I had we. I think we both had Sean Tucker in our top fives going into the season. Yeah. Absolutely, I have, I have Tucker eight. I have him as RB eight. Um, definitely not as good of a year for Sean Tucker this year as it was last year. I don't think. Uh, and a big reason why is, is the area of running back play that I value the most, the vision. I just felt like he was a little impatient. Um, mm-hmm. The spatial awareness just wasn't what it was last year. And just ultimately When to make the cut, when to be decisive, where to plant your foot, which direction you want to go, how to find the open space. I just didn't think Sean Tucker saw the field as well this year as he did last year, which worries me because that is the top trait that I look for with running backs. He is still a well-built back. And he's still got really great straight line athleticism. But I think the lateral agility is a little stiff in that regard. I think that goes into maybe a little bit of hesitancy when it comes to him putting his foot in the ground and making a cut. Really nice, really nice straight line athleticism. We've seen the plays before where he can put his foot in the ground. If he's going north to south, man, he can get up to top speed in a hurry. So he's got good size. He's got good long speed, but there are little areas and details of the game, starting with vision and then next with agility that I just wasn't super sold on. So I had a little bit, I had him lower than I thought I was going to, but I got him at RB8. I thought so too. I thought he was somebody
1: he just at the end of the day he wasn't in the same consideration as RB5 as a lot of those other guys and and that to me in itself was disappointing i think he's fine i didn't find him overly explosive um i didn't find him like you said trevor you know always seeing things very clearly a little hesitant at times let things develop a little too bit uh too long and i think there was a couple times where him doing that You know, what I loved about him in 2021, it felt like he never tried to do too much and he had good feel. And I felt like he lost a little bit of himself that way in 2022. So it just just not the same exact player that we saw. And that doesn't mean he's not a good one. Doesn't mean he's not somebody that can get drafted around, you know, three to four and Mm -hmm. eventually be a starter somewhere. But I, I just didn't think he looked the same this entire year compared to how impressive he was in 2021. Yeah. I got to go back
0: and watch him. Cause I really liked I, him. I, I really same. liked him going in this summer. So I, I need to get some more games on him, but three games in from this season, I was like, man, and they were, they were the, they were two of his highest graded games. And then I typically like to watch the game that we a have the highest and then a low one. And then normally like some other game of, of competition that might stand out or whatever it is. So I'm going to keep watching them. You guys should too. Let's know what you thought about our running back takes here on this episode let us know who you think that we're sleeping on who needs to be a little bit higher on this list who you think we might be overrating who needs to be a little bit lower and you can let us know everywhere on twitter at tampa bay trey at connor j rogers you can hit us up on instagram as well and if you are watching this on youtube of course the youtube comments are a fantastic way to uh get in on the show and communicate with us we read all the comments from youtube as well so we uh we salute everybody who is watching on youtube the youtube hive and the Fan club for NFL SE seems to be growing as we get closer to draft season. So we really appreciate you guys a ton. But, uh, Connor, anything else before we get out of here?
1: A happy holidays to everyone.
0: Of Indeed. Course.
1: Yes. Really appreciate the community that supports this show. Uh, would love to know everyone's takes. A running back that you might be really high on that you don't see a lot of people talking about, or even somebody that didn't make the top five of ours that you, that you really, really like, uh, that you think will be a riser or, Maybe somebody you're skeptical of in the top five. I would love to hear it because this is really one of those shows, Trevor, that brings together the draft community, the NFL community, the fantasy community, because Mm -hmm. this is, I mean, knowing this group has such a massive effect on fantasy next year because these guys are going to be big-time players in that world right away. Uh, So this was a fun one, and I'm excited to see how it changes after the combine, if it does at all
0: yep yep so we'd love to hear your early takes we'd love to hear what you think is going to happen in the rest of draft season whether you're a fantasy football person an nfl draft person an nfl overall person that's just looking for a good back for their team to pick up wherever they do in the draft we would love to hear your thoughts we love you guys however you are celebrating the holidays this weekend uh we wish you nothing but joy enjoyment smiles hopefully some good food as well i know a lot of winter storms are rolling through their country so stay safe Stay warm. We will see you guys next week. For Trevor Sikama, for Connor Rogers, thank you guys so much for watching the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. See you guys next week.